On today's episode, we're going to talk about compound interest, creating a global community, and salmon. Let's go! Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of The Blind Entrepreneur. I'm your host, Jonathan Grzybowski, and today I have with me Nick Hughes. Nick is a successful entrepreneur with business achievements in e-commerce, social media, digital payments, and technology startups. He excels at interpersonal leadership, communication, business, and product development. In addition to creating the entrepreneurial network Founders Live, Nick stays busy as an advisor to numerous startups and occasionally takes positions in sales or biz dev roles if needed. He is also the co-founder of Calling It, a cool new fan engagement and predictions app for sports fan. At Nick's core, he enjoys helping others discover their unique entrepreneurial path. I am a true testament to the the Nick Hughes experience. So without further ado, please welcome Nick Hughes to the show. Nick, how's your day going? The day's going well. Yeah, just getting started over here on the West Coast, but uh, really happy and enjoying the Friday. Awesome, man. So before we get into the heavy hitting questions of entrepreneurship, struggles, successes, failures, everything else in between, we have to start the podcast off the same way that we do every single time. Uh, And that is with an icebreaker. So Nick, are you ready? I am ready. All right. So imagine you just had the absolute best day of your life. Where are you going to eat and what are you ordering in order to make your day complete? Man, that's a great question. Uh, I'm going to go to a, probably an incredible seafood restaurant and have an awesome salmon with, you know, some side of vegetables. But yeah, I think the go-to for me is a, just an incredible salmon dinner. Very nice. And there's amazing yeah. seafood in Seattle. Um, oh yeah. Oh yeah. I don't know if you've been, but there's a huge shout out. I think it was called the Walrus, the Walrus and, and something. Walrus they, and Carpenter. Yes. Best yeah. oysters. Oh yeah, oysters in the yeah, world. Seafood, seafood yeah. in general. You've been? Oh yeah. Uh, actually, a friend of mine worked there, so I, I've been there a number of times. So you didn't have to yeah. wait in line at like two o'clock in the afternoon to get in on a Friday, or? Yeah, it's. Uh, I mean, Seattle's full of those sort of restaurants where it's like incredible seafood, and um, that's why, like, if I have it, my go-to is some sort of seafood. So love it. Good stuff, man. So Nick, tell us a little bit about yourself. Who are you, and what is your story? Yeah. So I, I'm an entrepreneur. Um, I have been in the startup community for probably six years now uh, over here in Seattle. And um, about a year ago, I started um, a company called Founders Live. And Founders Live is a community for entrepreneurs. It's a worldwide community to inspire, educate, and entertain uh, founders and entrepreneurs all around the world. We do that both through the online platform and local events that are now starting to spread into a number of cities. So um, the event is basically a really cool, um, basically it's a networking event and pitch competition. Uh, Crazy enough, we had our last one here in Seattle last night. So a fun night for me as well. But, you know, basically what it is, is um, we hand select five early stage companies to pitch and in front of the crowd. And about last night, we probably had about 150 people in attendance. And um, when they pitch, they only have 99 seconds to describe what they do. So it's a timed pitch, 99 seconds, not a lot of time. 
And uh, after that, the audience will ask questions for about four minutes. But after the five uh, complete their pitches, the crowd will vote on a winner. And we also live stream them now. So people outside of that city can actually watch uh, online. But um, we started in Seattle. We're now in three cities. And we'll probably end the year with about 12 to 15 cities doing this event, building the Founders Live brand around celebration of entrepreneurship. So it's it's been fun. It's really cool. I know that you've been receiving my information in my emails. Uh, and, you know, we're just growing big time. So it's That's really awesome. Cool. Well, congratulations to you. And I'm, I'm really curious to hear why do you care so much about entrepreneurship? You know, that that's a really good question. And I, I get that a lot. And I guess I guess what I would say is I, I care. I mean, the answer that comes to me is I say this is people's livelihood, right? Like this is if people choose to be an entrepreneur and choose to build a company, they're putting their life essentially not on the line, you know, literally, but they are putting their life in the hands of their company. So I take it very seriously that I think that founders need support. They need education. They need a community to go through the process with. And so I take it very seriously from the standpoint of creating a valuable community, a place that entrepreneurs can learn and feel comfortable and go to other individuals that are going through the same thing if they, they can communicate with them. Um, so yeah, and, and I don't know why I just, I'm very drawn to it. I'm very much, um, you know, deep down inside in my DNA and I'm, I'm an entrepreneur. And so I just wanted to create a community that others would, you know, feel comfortable being a part of it. And was this entrepreneurship mindset, was this always, you know, you said it was ingrained in your DNA. Did you always have this bug of entrepreneurship? Is this something that's been relatively new for you? Um, I've always been creative. Uh, I, I feel like the deep down inside, what an entrepreneur is, is actually rooted in creativity. So I've always been creative, um, but I would say in the last probably 10 years, it's really taken hold. But, you know, I, I think back in high school and college, like I realized, I realized now that back then I was simply being, you know, creative and coloring outside the lines, if you will. Um, but only in the last 10 years have I put it to work in a in a way that created a business or created something unique um, I think back then it was more like just trying new things maybe in the job that I had um, but yeah it, it's it's really always been a part of me mm. so you you we were talking a little bit off air and, and you mentioned just how important uh, mentioning the struggles of of entrepreneurship and life um, are and how you overcame them. So what were some of the initial struggles that you had in your entrepreneurship career? And then I'll even ask the, the follow-up question is what are some of the, um, struggles that you had in creating founders live? Right. I think early on, um, what I noticed and I, I, now I advise a lot of other founders and I'm around a lot of other founders. And I think the big struggle is, um, there is a, essentially the idea of product market fit. So if you don't have product market fit, you just, you're trying a lot of different things, what, whatever product or service that you are offering, you just like, I've noticed that people like spin their wheels and they, when they don't have product market fit, they're just pushing it in front of people. They're pushing their product or they're, here's my app, try to use it. There's no like traction, if you will there, you know? And so I think the struggle is to figure out, the right product market fit. And that takes a lot of time that, that I see it almost every day, which is 
you know, people are developing products and apps and stuff that maybe aren't serving a, a problem. They're not a solution to a problem. They're simply an idea that is searching for a problem. Um, so I struggle with that for a long time. And I would say that um, with Founders Live, I've found that product market fit. But um, to your question on what was the early struggles with uh, Founders Live, um, just the backstory real quick is I actually, the event that I just talked about, I started that three and a half years ago and it was called something else at the time. And it was simply a side, it was like a side fun thing that we did once a month here in Seattle. And it like, I, I when I go back, I, it wasn't even an idea to make it a business. So I simply was doing this thing every month and watching and observing the people in Seattle and how they responded. And so I just spent a couple of years doing that on the side and only about, you know, a year ago, if not six months ago, I realized that there is a bigger opportunity here, but it took time for me to test the market, watch the response and then, and then morph a business around that. So I think my struggles early on were being patient, you know, and, and I would tell that to any entrepreneurs, you might have a cool idea. You might have something that is interesting, but you have to be patient and you have to test it on a low level and observe the response from your community or the initial uh, target market, test it, iterate and be patient and then determine when the right time is to crank it up and make it a serious business or invest the money and, and maybe jump in full time. That, that does not happen overnight. So I think my struggles were just patience and it took a long time. And and that's a a real answer. So thank you for being transparent and honest with us. Yeah. You mentioned product market fit is probably one of the most difficult things that any business can do. Can you talk to both sides of the coin? Number one, the companies that you advise, and then number two, how are you able to determine the product market fit for Founders Live? Right. So first question: um, When I advise founders, um, I really just say, you know, I think I kind of mentioned it earlier, which is it's all about doing a lot of a, a, quite a few small experiments, you know? And so when you say that, you know, you just, you're, whatever your solution is, you want to like test it a number of times on a very low level, which is low cost, low exposure, but you're looking for metric, like a key, you know, KPI whatever metric you're looking for and you want to determine what is success and what is not. And so when you test that with a small segment of customers, um, you're looking for the, the metric to increase or whatnot. And, and at that point, then you say, okay, there's an indication that there is a need for this product or this service. But, um, you know, so for instance, last night, you know, we had our event last night and, one of the presenters, one of the startups, like it was their launch day, right? And what happened was they launched their app on the app store and it turned out that Apple like basically like rejected it, okay? So like they built up this entire thing, it was our launch day and you guess what happened? Flop, because the unforeseen, unforeseen circumstances, Apple was like, uh, something's wrong. So they had to like scramble the entire day and they finally got it passed through. But the point is like, I, and I just kind of laughed and I like said, look, launch days are kind of BS, right? Like a launch day is just day one. I said, tomorrow you're going to wake up and you get to work. So, you know, I think, you know, the lesson there is you, it's not like this big buildup and you think you're going to like have 
tens of thousands or hundreds of thousands of users the first day, it's a it's a like period of small tests and you know small little um, small little uh, experiments that give you insight into your target market. And that's what I would advise any startup to do is figure out what cheap effect, you know, but they're cost effective, but you can execute them quickly. And you then know if you have at least indication of target market fit, if no one is downloading your app, if they're not sticking around and using it, if customers aren't repeat paying for it, you have a problem. And, and so like, um, so, you know, target market fit, like you said, is so difficult and, um, depending on the company and depending on your industry, you're going to find it in various ways. Um, but I, I would just say many, many different small little experiments will really help. Um, so that's one thing. Um, secondly, you know, um, kind of going back to what I said earlier, you know, I, I took a unique angle with Founders Live, which is for about two and a half, three years, I simply tested it. Um, and I'd say this to people now, but I was like, so we did this event every single month for almost three years. And I was testing and observing the response to the, in the community. And it was like crazy cool when everyone, like people would come up to me and be like, hey, that thing you, like that's really, really cool. It was called Feature Friday at the time here in Seattle. And I would just like, I kept hearing people say, man, that's such a cool event. Um, you know, that like the, the response was great. People would continue to show up. So I was like, okay, I'm onto something. And then um, I actually started Founders Live, the brand, and FoundersLive.com about a year ago, so last May in 2016. And then, you know, people just kept showing up. And it was slow growth initially, but um, people just kept showing up to that, you know, the, the site and communicating and chatting. And then they would say, hey, that thing that you do in Seattle, like, is, is could we do that in our city? So I listened to the community, and, and they were giving me feedback and saying, we want that in our city. And, and at that point I said, okay, there, there's something here. There is definitely something here that people want it. Other cities want this sort of event and other entrepreneurs want to come in and be a part of this movement, which is the Founders Live experience. And so I think it's just having an ear to the market, listening to what they're saying, seeing the response, um, I would just say if, if you don't, if whatever market you're targeting, if no one is reaching out to you or making effort to get your product or service, then you don't have something, you know? And so, I mean, I don't know if that makes sense, but. No, it um, makes complete sense. I, yeah. I, I think what I'm more intrigued about, just a little bit, I guess quickly, can you just talk about what Founders Live is um, you know, in like uh, you know, two to three sentences? And then I, I have a question that can, that will, um, there's a reason why I'm asking that question. Yeah. Yeah. Founders Live is a community for entrepreneurs and founders all around the world to inspire, educate, and entertain them. Um, and we do that both through an online platform and the local events that really, in the end, those are celebrations of entrepreneurship. So you, you're creating this, what was a interpersonal relationship, me attending event, doing a particular action, but now you're also creating this offline, this online piece. How are you bridging the gap between offline and online? And have there been any, you know, relatively difficulties doing doing that? Right. That's a really good question because I think that that's the unique angle we have. Uh, I think there is this um, 
there is this interesting balance of the offline experience. And when, right now, this is in um, this is July, late July, but uh, in three cities. In September, there will be another four launching. In October, there will be another four or five. So, you know, at some point, there's going to be a lot more cities doing this. But having that local community connection offline, person to person, is really, really important. And then... Um, and then bridging that with an online experience that crazy enough, I mean, there's people like from Nigeria on there, right? And it's like, it's crazy to see these people pop up. I'm like, oh my God. And you know, what's even more incredible is not only my words, but other people's words are impacting them and helping them in their entrepreneurial journey. And that is, that is so powerful. And, and so to see this like no borders online experience that people can pop up they can chat from wherever they're at in the world um, and merging that with the offline, you know, whether it's Seattle or Portland or LA or New York um, and having them community, like that's a community physically, um, you know, that's, that's a really powerful thing. But I do think I would say the challenge, um, the challenge is, you know, people are so, um, they're so bombarded with so much information and um, notifications and you know the 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 battle for attention is absolutely it's a war right and I think like me now creating a media company and quite frankly a social media um, network it's really difficult to get mind space and time from this Facebook Twitter LinkedIn you know snapchat that those, those are all distractions for people and I'm asking for the same time, right? And and so I think that's the big challenge is digitally, you're actually battling all the other apps and all the other distractions out there to try to get people's attention. It's not easy at all. How are you, you know? how are you leveraging your network then in order to get in front of these people and to make them care and give a crap about what it is that you're doing? Right. And, and so that's why, you know, when I say inspire, educate and entertain, you know, those are the three things that we do. And I think when you look at from an entrepreneur standpoint, we we're unique in the sense that, I, you know, people that identify as entrepreneurs, I think, are like really lifelong learners. And they're they're wanting to be around others that are in that same place. And they want it. They want access to information and they want to learn every day. So, um so when when you have what I've built is a system that actually like for instance right when we, when we get off this I'm jumping into uh, a session it's it's a similar thing to this but basically what I call the Founders Life Influencer Series and basically it's a talk and so today someone is talking on uh, public speaking and pre presentations and so what I've built is a system where it I've got about 12 13 people that are giving talks once a month on Founders Live on specific topics and basically it's about an hour's worth of conversation and chat like group like typing chat to ask questions and and basically have a group conversation around that topic and in the end it's engaging right so what I what Founders Live is really trying to counter this whole um, I guess the question is why would I go to Founders Live, well, you're going to learn. If you care enough about what you're doing, if you want to become better as an entrepreneur, you probably need to at least a couple times a week, if not every day, go to Founders Live to see what's on there, to be a part of the community. And it's not just scrolling through like 
liking pictures and commenting on your friends like photo it's actually a lot more than that how important has what i'm hearing is the aspect of using influencer marketing and using the leverage of other people's network and influence in order to under to get them and make them more aware about your product right yep um how how has using the influencer marketing method has that is that a legitimate strategy that you would recommend to other entrepreneurs in order to uh, make more people aware of their product or their service? Yeah, I would definitely say that. Um, and I guess I would caveat this by saying it's early from the standpoint of, you know, leveraging influencers or whatever you want to call that uh, for, for me and for Founders Live. But what I would say in the end is in its deepest, in, in, the, in the roots, the deepest part of that is basically whatever whatever product or service you're building you want to find a certain segment of people that deeply care about what you're building and either have a quote stake in the game mm -hmm. you know from their personal brand um experience or um they just really love what you're doing and really care about it as an ambassador but right. what you do is you're basically <clears throat> you're leveraging their passion about the industry, the product, and what you're what you're doing, and um, you're basically getting them very much. Um, you know, there there is a emotional attachment to what you're doing, and the moment you build a community, a small segment that is in like in that group, they're gonna start. They're gonna. It's called word of mouth. They're gonna talk about it to their friends and their peers and their followers. That is a great place to be, and then that's where Founders Life is right now. There's a lot of people that you know, that love it. They spread the word to their friends, whether it's the physical event or online. And we're only going to do more of that. No, that's awesome. And yeah. I, I guess how long did it take in order for you to start really seeing the traction of influencer marketing um, and educating the, the, uh, your existing network in order for them to really get like, you know, bought in, you said that you're seeing an exponential amount of growth within the next, um, you know, five months or so in order for the new year to happen. Um, you know, was there a particular, do you remember the particular time where you're like, all right, here we go. Now we're starting to get, now we're, we're rocking. Yeah, it, it was probably, you know, I think it was, well, I guess what I would say is it was, it was very intentional. You know, this is not something, um, so when I go back in other experiences as a founder, like I think, unfortunately the media like really paints the picture of like, oh, at some point magically, you're just going to like make an app that's going to go viral and mm -hmm. you're going to be have millions of users and it's all good. And that is not true at all. Totally. Um, everything, this is all intentional. And so I would say probably January, February, I put in place, um, some very significant, you know, I made some very significant choices and put in place some things that I determined I was going to expand founders live outside of Seattle. I determined that that means that I need to find people in all these cities to be the person, basically the city leader, essentially they're an advocate or an ambassador. Um, they would run the event in their city. Um, so that was a big one. And then I deliberately chose the concept of what I call the Founders Life Influencer Series. So I, I found people in specific industries or verticals. And I asked them, I said, would you give a talk every month? I mean, that's like, and by the way, I'm like, in the end, it's, you know, promoting your product or your service. But what it also is, is creating content for the platform. And that's a very deliberate thing, right? So no matter what you are building, 
you have to make deliberate choices and put a ton of energy into you know building that influencer community to serve them to provide them a platform to actually expand their network or their their uh, personal brand and then in the end like it takes a lot of time but it starts to build on itself and pay off and and so yeah i mean it's very very deliberate choices took a lot of time and now starting to see the benefit and um i would just then point to the concept of um i mean i guess i would just say exponential returns or you know when you think about I, man i i forget the term but it's basically like you know it's compound interest is actually what I'm talking about. So whether you're thinking financially or you can think about it as a product, like whatever you're building a network or a product compound interest basically means early on you're doing a lot of work and you're bringing people in and it might feel like it's just like one, two very one offs. But over time that's three people, it's 10 people, it's a hundred, it's a thousand and people are talking about your product or service. So um, I just really believe in compound interest and the, the exponential growth. And that's what I'm building right now is that kind of like the foundation. And at some point there will be tens of thousands or hundreds of thousands of people talking about Founders Live in their own city. And now you got something that's growing massively. So it just takes a lot of time. Absolutely. No, that's great. I mean, I feel like we have a really good foundation of what you've been doing with Founders Live and who you are as a business professional. But I'm really curious to understand your habits as an entrepreneur. Um, as a as a professional, um, what are some habits that have helped you become more efficient throughout your day? Mm. Uh, I would say the biggest one is um, I basically have a morning habit that uh, I would say I have very very few days of the month that I I actually don't do, uh, which is you know uh, very quickly um, I I do four things in the morning before my day gets going, and one the moment I wake up it's meditation. So I have a meditation uh, practice that I've been doing for probably two years now. And I, I would encourage anyone, there's no wrong way to do it. You just get in the practice. I spend 10 to 15 minutes every day and just quieting my mind and thinking about what, how present do, what, yeah, how can I be present today? And how do I uh, calm myself? That's one. Two, I then, um, I drink coffee and I study what, you know, I basically read for about an hour, you know, so actually now I'm doing a lot of like a little bit of activity on Founders Live when I wake up, I'm posting some things, but I'm also digesting what's going on. So I'm feeding, I'm feeding the mind. Okay. That's the second thing is information. Uh, third is I typically get a workout in. So I either go on a run or I get a strength workout in and that's the physical. And we're talking about a half an hour, 40 minutes. I'm not spending two hours in the gym but I'm getting a workout in. And lastly, I then eat a quality meal and just having breakfast, you know, and, and, you know, there's people that skip breakfast and they only eat maybe a lunch or a dinner and that's unhealthy as well. So when you think about what I just did was spiritual, mental, physical, and then, you know, nutrition and man, you know, I'm, I'm ready to go. Um, that all that takes about an hour and a half to two hours and I'm ready to rock. And, and that to me starts the day incredibly well and I'm way more, I'm set on a path to be very effective. And I notice when I don't do that, I, I, I didn't, I notice that I'm not for some reason, not on the edge. I'm not like as, uh, on point 
and it might be the workout, it might be the meditation that I didn't do, you know, those are the things that I think um, throw me off. So that, that is huge. So that's one, uh, is the morning routine. And I, I think secondly, weirdly enough, I don't know, you know, depending on who's listening to this, if you are a calendar person, but I now like my calendar, it, I put in place, I literally make notifications where it's like, you know, start this, stop this, like change focus, like specific things in my business. And I just run from my calendar and pretty much it tells me what to do every day. And, you know, that's the other thing that makes me very efficient is I block basically one to two hours for certain things to do in my business. Um, if I don't have a meeting, I'm still working on the business. And then when it notifies me to change what you're doing and work on this now, um, that's what I do. So th that allows me to be very efficient as well. How do you stay so disciplined throughout your day? Because, you know, there are some things where I'm I'm just like, you know what, got to do this, got to do that. And I'm like, uh, yeah, I could probably get to it later. Is there a technique that you use that um, that allows you to become just like more disciplined in, in following your schedule? Uh, you know, I think a lot of – so some of that is self – I guess, self-discipline and drive, you know, I've always been a pretty disciplined person and, you know, I don't know if it's the, I don't even want to say guilt or guilty. Like I would feel guilty if not. Um, but I think, I think in the end, um, depending on where you're at in your business, like at some point you're like, shit, I have to do this. Like you just, you just know that you have to do it. Um, secondly, I've actually brought on a coach in the last year and in the end, like, you know, I kind of have to answer to that person. Right. So um, a lot of the stuff that I've put in place, it's not just me. If I, if I dish out on it and if I don't follow through with the things that I'm supposed to do today or this week, you know, I've got someone asking me like, Hey, what happened? Or why did you not do that? And I'm paying them. So it's not like I'm working for that person, but I'm also like, that's why I bring them in because now they're keeping me accountable. And so I think it's important that whether you're driven or not, you also have people behind you that are asking the question, did you get that done? And that really helps. Yeah, no, totally. It, what about um, some resources? You know, you said the calendar is so important. Meditation is very important. Nutrition, et cetera. Are there any resources or apps or, um, you know, things of technology that you use that you just simply can't live without? Uh, that's man. That's a good question. Um, I started to use a product called Align today, so it's Align, um, but the longer name is Align today, and it really is. I wouldn't say it's a project management system, but it's basically a priority. It allows you to plug in your priorities and basically your to dos, and it helps you like keep them front and center, and then check them off. So um, there's a lot more to it, though. You can go deeper into you know, your, your quarterly priorities, um, your yearly initiatives. Um, but actually it's really good for daily. Um, you know, so I use align, um, with my coach and, and also like uh, Basecamp is a great, um, resource that we use as well from documents sending back and forth to, you can also create notifications. Um, like I would say about three months ago, we started a thing where, uh, and I, I just got it um, half an hour ago, but basically every single morning I get a message, a, a notification that says, what is the one thing you're going to accomplish today? It's literally a question and I answer it like every day. I just, you know, I, I type in the answer and we're talking about a very deliberate, uh, measurable result answer. And I'll tell you, man, like, and I was just, I just talked to him the other day. We have a biweekly meeting that we check in every two weeks 
And it was funny because we were talking about that. And, and he, you know, it's amazing that when there's a question submitted to you every single day that says, what is the one thing you're going to accomplish today? And if you answer it, the craziest thing is you'll do it, you know? So like that has been a very, very effective um, mechanism. And we do that through Basecamp. Um, and I just get the notification. I just answer it. And then when next time we talk, he goes through the list. and He's like, did you accomplish that? Yes. How did this go? Good. You know, and oh, man, it's it's been really, really powerful. So, you know, it's based that's basically allowing technology to help you when you have a notification asking you that question. You're you're left. Um, I can tell you that I would not be and my company would not be where it's at without those sort of things in place. No, that's that's cool stuff. I mean, I, I've noticed that I even do that with Slack. So a very similar platform and it you're right it's it very helpful um asking that question um i i think i'm even going to take the approach of that's okay maybe and steal your method in asking that question because i think that'll it'll yeah. allow you to you know, just be in the right state of mind to know that you need to accomplish something you may not have nothing on your schedule but you need to do it um so my last major question to you um the blind entrepreneur, this, this actual podcast was created for individuals who may be temporarily blind in business. They may not be able to see the obvious. They may be stuck in a particular place. So what are three pieces of advice that you would give to a fellow entrepreneur? Yeah. I mean, I, I have about 10 of them, but the, the three that, that I would say, um, you know, just, I guess, carrying on that, that same conversation, I would say put in place, so one, put in place a morning routine. Start your day on purpose. And that could mean so, so many different things, right? But like for you as an entrepreneur, figure out what is important to you and what will put you on the right path that day. And for me, it's those four things I talked about. But um, one, so okay, one, get a routine. Secondly, um, get... I guess I would say put in place a coach or someone that keeps you accountable. And that's, uh, that's been difficult for me, you know, like uh, up till I would say the last six months, maybe nine months since I've been working with this person, it's been amazing. But before that, you know, I'm just that person that's like, Oh, I'll go about it myself. I can keep myself accountable, but man, you know, put in place, find a coach that will keep you um, accountable and on, on point. That's the second thing. And the third thing is, I, I would I would just say, do not be afraid to fail. And what I mean by that, I'm not trying to say like, oh, failure is great, because that you know a lot of people will say that. But I would say, do not be afraid to test a lot of ideas and do them very cheaply, cost effectively, and quick. And then you're going to discover the market fit or like whatever that little idea. You're going to discover that insight, and you're going to follow that. But do a lot of experiments. Um, don't be afraid that something will fail because I see a lot of founders and they get so wrapped up in their idea and then they take a year to do one test. You know, they build code, they write code, they're like, and then they take a year to, to basically test that it didn't work. But what if, what about a weekend? What about a cheap way to figure out if your idea is actually um, something that people are gonna act on? So I would, yeah, third piece of advice is just test, 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 fail, fail, succeed follow that success and figure out why it was successful good stuff well nick 
you successfully completed the podcast, my friend. Uh, you know, congratulations to you. Um, without further ado, feel free and look directly into the camera. The floor is yours. Um, tell us a little bit about how people can follow your journey. How can they be a part of your mission? And how can they even sign up and be a customer or, or at least uh, be a, a user of the Founders yeah. Live platform? Yeah. yeah, so if you go to founderslive.com, uh, you're going to see the platform and you can simp you can actually check it out before you join. But if you join, it's a simple like username, you know, email, password. Um, you can join with like LinkedIn or Facebook, but it's free. And you're going to see a lot of great content, a lot of uh, a lot of entrepreneurs on there. Um, I would also say that um, if you're not in Seattle, Portland or Boulder, um, definitely reach out to me if you want the event that we talked about in, in your city as well. Uh, we are going to, you know, in September, New York, Atlanta, Denver, and Chicago are launching. And then in October, um, L.A. and Minneapolis and a number of other cities, Austin, uh, Dallas, will launch. So by the end of the year, this is going to be in a lot more cities. But if you want a really cool monthly celebration of entrepreneurship in your city, reach out to me. Um, and you can also find me on LinkedIn. Uh, it's Nick Hughes. You search me, connect with me, and then... Lastly, I would say um, I answer most all emails. So if you email me, I'm going to respond. Please reach out to me, ask me questions, whatever it is. I'm totally open book. And um, if you have any questions on your path, your entrepreneurial journey, if you're thinking about starting something, uh, that's what I'm here for. So um, yeah, you know, find me in any way you can online and join Founders Live and let's have a good time. Good stuff, man. Um, random question, you got the .com, the Founders Live. Did yeah. did you have to sell your soul to get that, or was that just like a random like you you got it and you you're good? I got you know it's crazy. I spent ten dollars on it, and I was like, it was the craziest thing when I found. It. I was like, oh my god, that's available. How long? How long so ago? Quick. Oh, this was a year ago. Wow, really? That? Founders Live. It was meant to be, man. It really, it really it, was. Totally. Yeah. It, and you know, so the the backstory on that was, um, I spent probably about a month thinking about a name and founders live was, you know, in that list. And, you know, so it wasn't like magically like, Oh, I'm going to, I found it and I, I was going to like register it. But I then started to, you know, when I narrowed it down and I was like, Oh my God, it's available. I, I, I literally jumped on it and bought it without even thinking like, it wasn't like that's the name I'm going to buy it. It was like, I'm buying it. And then I was like, yep. Okay. That's going to be the name. Totally. So it turned out, it's perfect. Yeah. That's so cool. <laughs> well, good stuff, man. Well, again, Nick, thank you. Congratulations to all your success. Thank you. To those of you who are still watching and listening, thank you guys for always liking, commenting, and subscribing. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast on YouTube and also head over and check out other interviews at theblindentrepreneur.com. Nick, thank you again. Until next time, everyone, have a great rest of your day and an even better tomorrow. Thank you so much for watching this video. Don't forget to follow me on any and all social media platforms using the long last name above, followed by the letter J. If you want to get lost into the dark abyss of YouTube, click either left or right for another video. And finally, don't forget to hit the subscribe button. No, seriously, don't forget.